right so uh, we are doing canto 9 this is chapter 3 the marriage of sukanya and javana muni so we are doing the chapters where the different sons and the daughters of manu they their entire dynasties how they grew so this is the marriage of sukanya and javana muni श्री सुखदेव गोस्वामी कंटिन्ूड ओ किंग सरयाति अनादर सन ऑफ मनु वॉज अ रूलर कंप्लीटली अवेयर ऑफ द वैदिक नॉलेज ही गेव इंस्ट्रक्शन अबाउट द फंक्शन ऑफ द सेकेंड डे ऑफ द यज्ञ टू बी परफॉर्म्ड बाय द डिसेंडेंट्स ऑफ अंगीरा सरयाति हैड अ ब्यूटिफुल लोटसाइड डॉटर नेम सुकन्या विथ हूम ही वेंट टू द फॉरेस्ट टू सी द आश्रमा ऑफ चवन मुनि वाइल दे while that sukanya surrounded by her friends was collecting various types of fruits from the trees in the forest she saw within a hole of an earthworm two things glowing like luminaires as if induced by providence the girl ignorantly pierced those two glowworms with a thorn and when they were pierced blood began to ooze out of them so like any <laughs> every destructive you know person she also goes and pokes into it there upon all the soldiers of saryati were immediately obstructed from passing urine and stool upon perceiving this saryati spoke to his associates in surprise how strange is it that one of us has attempted to do something wrong to chavana muni the son of brigo it certainly appears that someone among us has polluted the ashrama being very much afraid the girl sukanya said to her father i have done something wrong for i have ignorantly pierced these two luminous substances with a thorn after hearing the statement by the daughter king saryati was very much afraid in various ways he tried to appease chavana muni for it was he who sat within the hole of the earthworm <laughs> can you imagine there is a small hole of an earthworm and inside that is a muni sitting with his two eyes sounds very strange isn't it king saryati being very contemplative and thus understanding chavana muni proposed gave his daughter in charity to the stage sage thus released from danger with great difficulty he took permission from chavana muni and returned home chavana muni was very irritable but since sukanya had gotten him as a husband she dealt with him carefully according to his mood knowing his mind she performed services for him without being bewildered thereafter some time having passed dashwini kumara brothers the heavenly physicians happened to come to chavana muni's ashram after offering them respectful obeisances chavana muni requested them to give him youthful life for which they were able to do so chavana muni said although you are ineligible to drink somrasa in sacrifices i promise to give you a pot full of it kindly arrange beauty and youth for me because they are attractive to young women so chavana muni is very smart he understands the young women so he see he wants himself to become very young and smart so he is doing a trade off the trade off is ashwini kumar is going to get you know very uh, long life and he is going to become very young so that he can get married I mean, so so that he is able to live with his wife, whatever. 
the great physicians ashwini kumars very gladly accepted chavana muni's proposal thus they told the brahmana just dive into the lake of successful successful life one who bathes in this lake has his desires fulfilled i will come to this successful life <laughs> After saying this, Dashwini Kumar's got hold of Chavana Muni, who was old, diseased, invalid, with loose skin, white hair, and veins visible all over his body. And all three of them entered the lake. Thereafter, three men with very beautiful bodily features emerged from the lake. They were nicely dressed and decorated with earrings and garlands of lotuses. All of them wore the same standard of beauty. The chaste and the very beautiful Sukanya could not distinguish her husband from the two Ashwini Kumars. for they were equally beautiful not understanding who her real husband was she took shelters of the ashwini kumars the ashwini kumars were very pleased to see sukanya's chastity and faithfulness thus they showed her chavanamuni her husband and after taking permission from him they returned to the heavenly planets in their plane thereafter king shariati desiring to perform a sacrifice went to the residence of chavanamuni there he saw by the side of his daughter a very beautiful young man as bright as the sun so the father in law has come huh? <laughs> so he is going to see a very young person sitting next to his his daughter after receiving obeisances from his daughter the king instead of offering blessings to her appeared very displeased and spoke as follows naturally the eyes cannot see properly no so <laughs> he is also disturbed he sees a very young man sitting over there oh unchaste girl what is this that you have desired of you you have cheated the most respectable husband who is ignored by everyone for i see that because he is old diseased and therefore unattractive you have left his company to accept as your husband this young man who appears to be a beggar from the street <laughs> the father is giving her a big lecture what is this you are sitting next to a person who is you know he looks good but you have left your husband like that oh my daughter who were born in the respectable family how you have degraded your consciousness in this way how is it that you are shamelessly maintaining a par- paramar you will thus degrade the dynasties of both your father and your husband to hellish life sukanya however being very proud of her chastity smiled upon hearing this rebuke from her father she smilingly told him my dear father this young man by my side is your actual son in law the great sage sachavana who was born in the family of brigo The Sukanya explained how her husband has deceived the beautiful body of a young man. When the king heard this, he was very surprised, and in great pleasure, he embraced his beloved daughter, Chavana Muni, by his own prowess, enabled King Sariyati to perform the Soma Yagya. The Muni offered a full pot of Soma Rasa to Ashwini Kumars, although they were unfit to drink it. King Indra, being perturbed and angry, wanted to kill Chavana Muni. and therefore he impetuously took a thunderbolt but chavana muni by his powers paralyzed indra's arm that held the thunderbolt now you will want to know what is the twist in the story suddenly where did indra come from <laughs> okay we will come to it don't worry although the ashwini kumars were only physicians and were therefore excluded from drinking somrasa in sacrifices the demigods agreed to allow them henceforth to drink it if you recollect you know during the manthan during the manthan uh, a lot of things happened and during that particular point in time the somras or basically the the uh, drink which makes a person eternal 
was given to a lot of people means most of the demigods and the gods everybody got it there are certain domains which do not fall under that Nashwini Kumars are basically connected with our tongue okay now anything that is said by the tongue I am sure most of the people don't remember it do you remember anything that is being said it is not an eternal thing you know the same words get twisted all over the place but if it is written it becomes permanent if it is carved in stone it remains just like that so there is a problem which happens during a person's in the way he speaks you will find that it is impossible for another person to exactly remember what the person has said you will see this always it happens like that only and that is the reason why we cannot remember most of the things that have happened alright the words which are spoken can never be interpreted correctly so Indra who is called the mind in, in our normal course is called the mind so he has got this difficulty and he doesn't want you remember everybody has got a loose tongue you know they keep on talking any nonsense that comes to their mind understand so he doesn't want this remembrance to be kept with anybody because if what you speak is remembered by somebody that person can take advantage of you can he not suppose you say you know, I promise you this much I do I want to give you this I want to give you that something like that you keep on saying these words you know let us say for example you say to somebody that uh, you love that person then what happens suddenly out of the blue something happens and then you don't love that person but the person can actually hold you at ransom isn't it or some word that is given that I will give you a certain amount of money and then the word is not kept what happens there is a problem so if you remember those words you can get in trouble so the somras basically the concept about making it permanent eternal the words that come out of the mouth they should remain permanent so that is the reason why this kind of a thing cannot be done but with this particular muni who has exchanged exchanged his, his uh, old age with youth and wants to enjoy his with his wife he has promised the Ashwini Kumar that naturally Indra is very angry Indra is the mind he gets very angry isn't it <laughs> although the Ashwini Kumars were only physicians and were therefore excluded from drinking Somrasa in sacrifices the demigods agreed to allow them henceforth to drink it King Saryati begot three sons named Uttarbhari Anartha and Bhurisena from Anartha came a son called Revata King Parikshit subdivider of enemies this Revata constructed a kingdom known as Kusustali in the depth of the ocean there he lived and ruled such tracts of land as Anartha etc he had 100 very nice sons of whom the eldest was Kukugni taking his own daughter Revati Kukugni went to Lord Brahma in Brahmalok which is transcendental to the three modes of material nature and inquired about a husband for her so Revati what he does Kukadmi went, went to Lord Brahma he goes to Lord Brahma now this is a, just a small 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 stories along the way so he goes to Brahmaji and says 
See, this is my daughter. I want somebody to marry her. When Kokodmi arrived there, Lord Brahma was engaged in hearing musical performances by the Gandharvas and had not a moment to talk with him. Therefore, Kokodmi waited and at the end of the musical performance offered his obeisance to Lord Brahma and thus submitted his long-standing desire. After hearing his words, Lord Brahma, who is most powerful, laughed loudly and said to Kokodmi, O King, all those whom you may have decided within the core of your heart to accept as your son-in-law have passed away in the course of time. So, what had happened is, when he was on the domain of the earth, he had thought of all the very beautiful husbands that she can have. But when he is coming in the darbar of Brahmaji, at that point in time, remember, Brahmaji's one day is equivalent to a thousand, isn't it? So, there, there, there is a very big uh, difference. Thousand uh, Indras. Now, each Indra's one day is equivalent to thousand days of human beings. So, can you imagine how many years must have passed away? Twenty-seven Chatur Yugas have already passed. Okay. Those upon whom you may have decided are now gone. And so are their sons, grandsons and other descendants. You cannot even hear about their names. O king, leave here and offer your daughter to Lord Baldev, who is still present. He is most powerful indeed. Baldeva you know, na? Balram. <laughs> indeed, he is the supreme personality of Godhead, whose plenary position is Lord Vishnu. Your daughter is fit to be given to him in charity. Lord Baldeva is the supreme personality of Godhead. One who hears and chants about him is purified. Because he is always the well-wisher of all living entities. He has descended with all his paraphernalia to purify the entire world and lessen his burdens. Having received this order from Lord Brahma, Kakudmi offered obeisance unto him and returned to his own residence. He then saw that his residence was vacant, having been abandoned by his brothers and other relatives who were living in all directions because of fear of such higher living beings as the Yakshas. Thereafter, the king gave his most beautiful daughter in charity to the supremely powerful Baldeva and then retired in this worldly life and went to Badrikashrama to please Nar Narayana. So, we have come to the end of small small stories where one person gets married to another and uh, this is a very strange thing, you know, in one of these uh, episodes over here, the girl pierces the eyes of the Muni and the entire army has a problem. And you know, when uh, we, we do any act, any kind of act that is performed, whether it is done with knowledge or without knowledge, any act that happens in this material world with knowledge or without knowledge can cause a multiple, a cascading of problems or what we call as karma. Karma, various karmas get, they happen in a jiffy. And we won't even understand that. The king's daughter is basically responsible for the entire kingdom. It's like this, when one boss of a company, okay, let us say there is a company boss and he pilfers money from the company. You know how how it's going to affect everybody in the company? Right from the lowest level employee to the highest level employee is going to get into trouble. I am sure you remember the case of Satyam, Satyam computers. You will find that the boss was responsible for a lot of problems that might have happened in the company. 
finally lot of people were never paid and later on the company was sold so it was sold to mahindras so that is the reason why when we perform one particular action it can be a destructive action and thus actions which are caused by the people in the higher echelons of the society cause a lot of problems to all the other people as well so those who rise higher in their life should be extremely careful of what kind of action they perform or what kind of karma that they perform so we have come to the end of that chapter so now we will begin chapter 4 this chapter is about ambarisha maharaj offended by durvasa muni uh, durvasa muni is a very strange person he has created all kinds of stuff in literally everywhere you know all the books if you can see durvasa muni was also responsible for a lot of things which uh, happened but when we say durvasa muni durvasa is a very strange name isn't it durvasa muni is the third portion of my guru okay the third portion of my guru the first portion of my guru you know the one which is connected to brahma ji okay brahma ji's portion is called chandra moon right the middle portion is vishnu it's called datta datatre datta and the third portion which is shivji's portion is called durvasa so at the age of 8 both chandra and durvasa muni said that we cannot continue in this world we have our own work to do so we will give all our powers to you and they gave all the powers that are there to datatraya and went away so durvasa muni is connected the connected to the third entity which is which is nothing but a portion a plenary portion of shivji okay samrish so muni is offended by durvasa muni this is chapter 4 canto 9 sukdev goswami said the son of nabhaga name nabhaga live for a very nabhaga nabhaga son is nabhaga for a long time at a place of his spiritual master therefore his brothers thought that he was not going to become a grahastha and would not return see those who go and stay with gurujis you know their spiritual masters they normally turn towards spiritualism and when you turn towards spiritualism you don't get married and all that kind of stuff you know you become a basically a swami ji all right that is expected in most of the cases where there is a guru you know there is a teacher a spiritual teacher master those who follow him in with his in his ashrama or wherever he goes and stays okay at that particular place the the students the disciples over there normally don't get married because they are become renunciates or sadhus so consequently without providing a share for him they divided the property of the father among themselves when nabhaga returned from the place of his spiritual master they gave him their father as his share so, <laughs> so this is a story where nabhaga and nabhaga 
ओके नबागा इज दिस ग्रेट पर्सन एंड नाबागा इज अ सन सो नाबागा हैज गॉन टू मीट हिज स्पिरिचुअल मास्टर सो वेन ही रिटर्न हिज ब्रदर हैज डिवाइडेड ऑल द प्रॉपर्टी अमंग जेम सेल्स एंड ओनली द फादर इज लेफ्ट फादर इज नॉट विथ एनी बडी ओके सो ही इज नॉट ए डिवाइडेड सो नाबागा रिक्वायर्ड माई डियर इंक्वायर्ड माई डियर ब्रदर्स वॉट हैव यू गिवन मी एज माई शेयर ऑफ माई फादर आर फादर्स प्रॉपर्टी इज एल्डर ब्रदर आंसर वी हैव केप्ट आर फादर एज यूर शेयर but when nabaga went to his father and said my dear father my elder brother has given you as my share of property the father replied my dear son do not rely upon their cheating words i am not your property you know property is again a very big problem with everybody in this world i am sure you know you have also come across some property disputes in your life and by the way any property that is there it is ha- it has to undergo disputes if there are no disputes in property there is it's, it's not a property by the way because ego gets associated with property you know ego ego gets associated with property you know what that means possessions anything that you possess ego is the biggest factor in possessions think about it from this point of view suppose you have a pen somebody takes the pen you know how irritating you get how can that fellow take the pen <laughs> or somebody takes a very stupid thing you know he may he may now you may be uh, eating something and somebody puts his hand in suppose you are eating popcorn and somebody put their hand in your popcorn <laughs> bag and eats it you know how irritable you can be can you not buy your own that's how we think so this is a problem which we face property every property has to undergo a problem associated with ego and definitely 101% is going to happen whether you like it or not you can amass as many properties as you want every property will have a problem it is a part and parcel of this material world universe okay anything that you possess is going to be destructive in nature because ego comes into play nabaga's father said all the descendants of angira are now going to perform a great sacrifice but although they are very intelligent on every sixth day they will be bewildered in performing sacrifice and will make mistakes in their daily duties so we are we are shifting to another story where something is happening so let us see what happens nabaga's father continued go to those great souls and describe two vedic hymns pertaining to vishwadev when the great sages have completed the sacrifice and are going to the heavenly planets they will give you the remnants of the money they have received from the sacrifice therefore go there immediately thus nabaga acted exactly according to the advice of his father and the great sages of the angira dynasty gave him all the wealth and they went to the heavenly planets thereafter when nabaga was accepting the riches a black looking person from the north came to him and said All the wealth from this sacrificial arena belongs to me. Udhar bhi twist, kahani mein twist. Okay, so one more twist has come. Nabaga then said, "These riches belong to me. The great saintly persons have delivered them to me." When Nabaga thus, the black-looking person said, "Let us go to your father and ask him to settle our disagreement." In accordance with this, Nabaga inquired from his father, the father of Nabaga. 
said, whatever the great sage sacrificed in the arena of Daksha Yajna, they offered to Lord Shiva as the share. Therefore, everything in the sacrificial arena certainly belongs to Lord Shiva. So, now we have another twist coming in over here. Thereupon, after offering obeisance to Lord Shiva, Nabhaga said, O worshipable Lord, everything in this arena of sacrifice is yours. This is the assertion of my father. Now with great respect, I bow my head before you, begging your mercy. Lord Shiva said, Whatever your father has said is the truth, and you also are speaking the same truth. Therefore I, who knows the Vedic mantra, shall explain transcendental knowledge to you. So, whatever was there in the Yajna, the father says, you have to ask Shivji. Shivji is the final authority where this is concerned. You remember when, when we perform any yagya, the last portion is always in you know, a burnt out, isn't it? The, the, what is remaining is the ashes as we call it, isn't it? So anything that is burnt out is the ashes and from that comes the gift. From the ashes comes the gift, right? So from this gift, this gift belongs to Shivji. Shivji is the owner of this. So Shivji says, I will give you some transcendental knowledge. Lord Shiva said, Now you may ask all the wealth remaining from the sacrifice, for I gave it to you. After saying this, Lord Shiva, who is most adherent to the religious principle, disappeared from that place. If one hears and chants or remembers this narration in the morning and the evening with great attention, he certainly becomes learned experience in understanding the Vedic hymns and expert in self-realization. So we have come to the end of this particular episode. Hmm? So he becomes rich. So the richness has been given to him by Shivji. For Nabhaga, Maharaj Amrisha took birth. So Nabhaga's son is Amrish. Maharaj Amrisha was an exalted devotee, celebrated for his great merits. Now this is a big story, okay? This is not a short story, this is a big story. <laughs> so we, we can now relax for some time because the big story has started. Otherwise two short stories and you don't know what is happening. Somebody comes, somebody goes, somebody does this. Finished. We have come to the end of the story. So, Maharaj Amrish was an exalted devotee, celebrated for his great merits. Although he was cursed by an infallible Brahmana, the curse could not touch him. So, we are getting a gist of a story of what is happening. King Parikshit inquired, O great personality, Maharaj Amrisha was certainly most exalted and meritorious in character. I wish to hear about him. How surprising is it that the curse of a Brahmana, which is insurmountable, could not act upon him. Brahmana. Brahmana means the knower of Brahma actually. You know? The knower of Brahma normally gives a curse. The knower of Brahma, who gives a curse do you know? The one whose curse can be destructive in nature, his curse will act. It comes from the third domain of what we call as the Shivji. Okay, it doesn't come from the first or the second. The first domain, now it's a creator. The creator normally creates and forgets about you. So you know what happens in the factories also. When a bottle gets manufactured, the machine is not bothered <laughs> where the bottle is going. So it's like that. Now think about it from that perspective. Brahmaji lets it go. The second person is called the sustainer. Sustainer is one who takes care of you throughout your life. The sustainer also doesn't curse anybody. You should know this. The sustainer 
will take care of you. He is not going to curse you. Because sustainer's job is taking care. He is a caretaker. He ensures that everything is met whereas you are concerned. You get everything. Alright? The third one is the destructive aspect. Is we call as Shivji or the portion called destruction or the end. Now that is where if the person or the thing which is connected to the third domain it's only their curses can come true because the end is very very important the termination is extremely important because the new generation has to begin so there is something in that Sukhdeva Goswami said Maharaj Amrisha the most fortunate personality achieved the rule of the entire world consisting of seven islands and achieved inexhaustible unlimited opulence and prosperity on earth Although such a position is rarely obtained, Maharaj Amrish did not care for it at all, for he knew very well that such opulence in material, like that which is imagined in a dream, such opulence is ultimately destroyed. The king knew that any non-devotee who attains such opulence merges increasingly into material nature mode of darkness. In our material world, those who are material-minded Every time when they get 5, they ask for 10. If they get 10, they ask for 20. If they get 20, they ask for 40. So it's like a, it's a permutation combination. You just keeps on going to the power of N. So, you know, lust and greed as we say, you know, it's, a, it's a cascading effect that happens. So in the material world, those who are there in the material world, they are always under the trap of greed. If somebody gets a salary of 1000 rupees, they will want 10,000. A 10,000 person will say, I want a lakh of rupees. A lakh of rupees person will say, I want 10 lakhs. A 10 lakh person will say, I want a crore. And it just goes on and on and on. There is no stopping anywhere. The most important part in our life is, can you not get into this trap? The Lord has a very funny way of doing this. To the nearest and the dearest devotee, he doesn't give anything. Or if he gives them something, he ensures that they do not have this kind of a incessant urge for going ahead with more and more and more. Because the more you get into it, the more trapped you get in the material world. Just now only I told you about property matters. If you have one property, you know how many eagles or vultures are going to come on that? Just keep one property locked. Just keep it locked and see what happens. At least hundreds of your relatives, friends or whoever, they will come. They will ask you. First they will ask you, why are you keeping it locked? Can you not give it to somebody? The other person will say, this is of no use to you. Why don't you give it? This money in the bank, you know. If you use it as money in the bank, you are so wonderful. You know, the greed goes like that grows and grows and grows and grows and grows it's never going to stop likewise now next time when you go and meet somebody tell them how much salary you actually have and see what happens you tell somebody your salary you know what happens in the minds of the other people they get disturbed this person is an idiot and he is getting so much That's the first comparison that happens. Or if you show, you know, that you have such nice, beautiful jewelry or something like that. Oh, kitna paisa karcha kiya. 
this is a part and parcel of the material nature it's mean to the core it will always show a very big problem in our material world always so but those who are the devotees of the lord in their world they are least bothered about the properties they are least bothered about money they are least bothered about anything for them devotion is the only aspect that is most important so amrisha was a great devotee of the divine lord vishnu and so naturally he was not bothered about anything as far as his property you know he had all the seven islands he was a king of this entire universe still nothing was bothering him maharaj amrisha was a great devotee of the supreme personality of godhead vasudev and of the saintly person whom the lord devotees lord devotee because of this devotion he thought of the entire universe as being as insignificant as the piece of a stone now this is exactly how you have to see life even if you have so much of money in the world don't consider it as something very great you might be great in your own world by the way you know people will say oh such a rich man such a rich woman who cares in the eyes of god you are having trinkets you are having stones that's it you may say no i may mere paas maa hai bangla hai badi hai i'm sorry maa nahi hai sab kuch hai mere paas maa hai i'm sorry in this case i will say no mere paas bhagwan hai tumhare paas kya hai mere paas mera paas paisa hai gaadi hai bangla hai sab kuch hai so amrish is got this great dialogue mere paas bhagwan hai krishna so maharaj amrish always engaged his mind in meditating upon the lotus feet of krishna is his words in describing the glories of the lord his hand is cleansing the lord's temple and his ears hearing the words spoken by krishna or about krishna such a beautiful line if this line was there in the form of a poetry which is not it's it is in a form of a poetry it would sound so beautiful he engaged his eyes in seeing the deity of krishna krishna's temples and krishna's places like mathura and vrindavan he engaged his sense of touch in touching the bodies of the lord's devotee he engaged his sense of smell in smelling the fragrance of tulsi offered by the lord to the lord and he engaged his tongue in tasting the lord's prasada he engaged his legs in walking to the holy places and temples of the lord his head is bowing down before the lord and all his desires in serving the lord 24 hours a day indeed maharaj ambrish never desired anything of his own sense gratification he engaged all his senses in devotional service in various engagements related to the lord this is the way to increase attachment to the lord and be completely free from all material desires you know we all have material desires but those who are devotees of the lord they have to eat drink smell sleep everything you know they are supposed to think about the lord only nobody else so when your eyes are looking at the lord when your hands are touching your it's seva seva bhavana is the most important when your mouth opens it is supposed to only speak very beautiful lines that's what he says you know his words describing the glories of the lord so you can only describe the glories of the lord you will find that great devotees of the divine lord they always praise the lord they always say good things about him they look at his form and then they praise the form they look at his body and then they keep on looking at it as if it's the only thing in the world to do anything coming out of the mouth of the divine lord is heard by the devotee as something great in performing his prescribed duties as king 
Maharaj Ambrish always offered the results of the royal activities to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, who is the enjoyer of everything and is beyond the perceptions of material senses. He certainly took advice from Brahmana who were faithful devotees of the Lord and thus he ruled the planet earth without difficulty. So being devoted to Krishna, always bothered about him, anything that came to him, he first offered it to Krishna. That is, he offered the results of everything to Krishna first and then he partook of it. Naturally, he was one of the greatest devotees of the Divine Lord. In desert countries, where there flowed the river Saraswati, Maharaja Ambrish performed great sacrifices like the Ashwamegh Yajna and thus satisfied the master of all Yajnas, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such sacrifices were performed with great opulence and suitable paraphernalia and with contributions of Dakshina to the Brahmanas who were supervised by the great personalities like Vashishta, Asita and Gautama representing the king, the performer and the sacrifice. In the sacrifice arranged by Maharaj Amrish, the members of the assembly and the priest that is Hota, Adgota, Udgata, Brahma and the other way these are the people again they are involved in the prayers, uh, in the sacrifice were gorgeously dressed and they all looked exactly like demigods. They eagerly saw to the proper performance of the yajna. The citizens of the state of Maharaj Ambrisha were accustomed to chanting and hearing about the glorious activities of the personality of Godhead. Thus they never aspired to be elevated to the heavenly planet. They were extremely dear even to the demigods. Those who are saturated with the transcendental happiness of rendering service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead are in, uninterested even in the achievements of the great mystics. For such achievements do not enhance the transcendental bliss felt by a devotee who always thinks of Krishna within the core of the heart. So, those who are the devotees of Krishna, they are not bothered about anything. They are not bothered about what these Siddhis are giving. Siddhis, you know, the powers that are there. The powers are giving something. Oh, you take the money, you take this, you take that, you take that. Those who are the devotees of the Lord, they are not bothered in looking in other people's thali. They are not bothered about what other people are getting. They are bothered about only what their love and devotion for the Lord. They are not even caring for what the others may be getting. Whereas the Saptarishis are concerned, whereas these Siddhas are concerned. They keep on always giving, you know that, no? Saptarishis. Rishis, those who keep on saying Tathastu, Tathastu, Tathastu. Ashtasiddhis actually. They keep on saying Tathastu. Definitely the knowledge is also passed on. But it does not really matter. So such type of people, they do not bother. They are uninterested. The king of this planet, Maharaj Amrish, thus performed devotional service to the Lord and in this endeavour practiced severe austerities, always satisfying the Supreme Personality of Godhead by his constitutional activities he gradually gave up all material desires. That means you become dispassionate, you become detached, so on and so forth. Maharaj Amrish gave up all attachments, that's what I said, detachment, to household affairs, wives, children, friends and relatives 
to the best of the powerful elephants beautiful chariots carts horses inexhaustible jewels and to ornaments garments and inexhaustible treasury he gave up attachments to all of them regarded them as temporary and material being very pleased with the unalloyed devotion of maharaj amrisha the supreme personality of godhead gave the king his disc which is fearful to enemies and which always protects the devotee from enemies and adversaries that is sudarshana so the lord gives him sudarshan to worship lord krishna maharaj ambrish along with the queen who was equally qualified observed the vow of ekadashi and dwadashi for one year ekadashi and dwadashi these come every month by the way you can follow them if you want to ha do din khane ka nahi kaisa chalega in the month of kartik after observing the vow for one year after observing a fast for three nights and after bathing in the yamuna maharaj ambrish worshiped the supreme personality of godhead hari in madhuvan madhuvan you know na where it is vrindavan following the regulative principles of mahabhishek maharaj ambrish performed the bathing ceremony of the deity of the lord krishna with all paraphernalia and thus he dressed the deity with fine clothing ornaments fragrant flowers garlands and other paraphernalia for worship of the lord with attention and devotion he worshiped krishna with all the greatly fortunate brahmanas who were free from material desires so amrisha is performing this sacrifices after he is doing done that he is decorating the lord there is a the image of the lord Thereafter, Maharaj Amrisha satisfied all the guests who arrived at the house, especially the brahmanas. He gave in charity sixty crores of cows whose horns were covered with gold plate and whose hooves were covered with silver plate. All the cows were well decorated with garments and had full milk bags. They were milk mild-natured, young and beautiful, and were accompanied by their calves. After giving these cows, the king sumptuously fed all the brahmanas, and when they were fully satisfied, he was about to end the end of Ekadashi. with their permission by breaking the fast exactly at that time however durvasa muni the great and the powerful mystic appeared on the scene as an uninvited guest like he said and and like that <laughs> in the interval mein hota hai like something happens so like that something is happening so durvasa muni is come after standing up to receive durvasa muni king amrisha offered him a seat and paraphernalia of worship Then sitting at the feet, the king requested the great, great sage to eat. Ego. It's, it's it's very great. That is what happens, you know. You give it a place to sit, and then then what happens? Durvasa Muni gladly accepted the request of Maharaj Amrish, but to perform the regulative ritualistic ceremonies, he went to the river Yamuna. There he dipped into the water of the auspicious Yamuna and meditated upon the impersonal Brahma. In the meantime, only a mohorta of the Dwadashi day was left on which to break the fast. Consequently, it was imperative that the the fast be broken immediately. In this dangerous situation, the king consulted the learned brahmanas. Now the muni has gone to take a bath, and meanwhile that particular period is getting over. What is the period? Dwadashi is getting over. so the fast has to be broken you know so he is consulting amrisha is consulting the munis and saying 
can you please tell me what is to be done the king said to transgress the law of respectful behavior towards brahmana is certainly a great offense on the other hand if one does not observe the breaking of the fast within the time of dwadashi there is a flaw in one's observances of the vow therefore o brahmana if you think it will be auspicious and not irreligious i shall break the fast by drinking water in this way after consulting the brahmana the king reached the decision for according to brahmanical opinion drinking water may be accepted as eating and also as not eating when you drink water nothing water doesn't contain any energy per se no nothing it does not contain any food also so he decided that he will have at least a glass of water or best of the kuru dynasty after he drank some water king amrisha meditated upon the supreme personality of god within his heart waited for the return of the great mystic durvasa muni after executing the ritualistic ceremony to be performed at the noon durvasa returned from the bank of yamuna the king received him well offering all respect but durvasa muni by his mystic power could understand that king amrisha has drunk water without his permission <laughs> still hungry durvasa muni his body trembling his face curved and his eyebrows crooked in the frown angrily spoke as follows to king amrisha who stood before him with folded hands alas just see the behavior of this cruel man <laughs> he is not a devotee of lord vishnu being proud of this material opulence and his position he consider himself god just see how he has transgressed the law of religion maharaj amrisha who you have invited me to eat as a guest but instead of feeding me you yourself have eaten first because of your misbehavior i shall now show you something to punish you as durvasa muni said this his face became red with anger uprooting a bunch of hair from his head he created a demon resembling the blazing fire of devastation to punish maharaj amrish he pulls out a hair and creates a demon taking a trident in his hand and making the surface of the earth tremble with the footsteps that blazing creature came forward before maharaj ambrish but the king upon seeing him was not at all disturbed and did not move even slightly from his position as fire in the forest immediately burns to ashes an angry snake so by his previous order of the supreme personality of godhead his disc the sudarshan chakra immediately burned to ashes the created demon to protect the lord's devotee so the sudarshan chakra goes and destroys this rakshasa upon seeing that his own attempt had failed and that the sudarshan chakra was moving towards him durvasa muni became very frightened and began to rush in all the direction to save his life as the blazing flames of forest fires pursues a snake the disc of the supreme personality of godhead began following durvasa muni durvasa muni saw that the disc was almost touching his back and thus he ran very swiftly desiring to enter a cave of sumeru mountains durvasa is there is a term you know in our language which says anger is the root cause of destruction so we say anger leads us to durdasha durdasha was establishment durvas unestablished disturb you know destroy disturb so so he is gone and he is trying to hide inside sumeru mountain just to protect himself durvasa muni fled everywhere and in all directions in the sky 
on the surface of the earth, in caves, in oceans, on different planets of the rulers of the three worlds and even on the heavenly planets. But wherever he went, he immediately saw following him the unbearable fire of the Sudarshan Chakra. With a fearful heart, Durvasa Muni went here and there seeking shelter. But when he could find no shelter, he finally approached Lord Brahma and said, Oh my Lord, oh Lord Brahma, kindly protect me from this blazing Sudarshan Chakra sent by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So finally he goes to the creator and he says, Can you please protect me, protect me, protect me. Lord Brahma said, At the end of the Dviparada, when the pastimes of the Lord come to an end, Lord Vishnu, by the flick of his eyebrows, vanquishes the entire universe, including our places of residence. Such personality as me and Lord Shiva, as well as Daksha, Bhrigu and similar great saints, for which they are all head, and also the rulers of the living entities, the rulers of the human society and the rulers of the demigods, all of us surrender to the Supreme Personality of God at Vishnu bowing your head to carry out his orders for the benefit of all living entities. If Vishnu himself has given the chakra to Amrish and Amrish has thrown it to in, in front of the demon, naturally it has to bring to an end certain things. So even if somebody is a god, like Durvasa Muni is a part of the third entity as we call as Shiva. The Sudarshan chakra even follows him. It can destroy him as well. So he better be careful. So naturally when he went to Brahmaji, Brahmaji is giving him an explanation. When Durvasa was greatly afflicted by the blazing fires of Sudarshan Chakra, was thus refused by Lord Brahma. He tried to take shelter at Lord Shiva, who always resides in his planet, known as Kailasha. Lord Shiva said, My dear son, I, Lord Brahma and other demigods who rotate within this universe under the misconception of our greatness, cannot exhibit any power to compete with Supreme Personality of Godhead. For innumerable universes and their sim- inhabitants come into existence and are annihilated by the simple direction of the Lord. The Lord is by just simple direction. The entire Sudarshan Chakra is coming. No Shiva or no Vish- Brahma or nobody, no, no person on this planet Earth can save that person. And think about it from this point of view. Do you think that the chakra is sent by the Lord? No. The chakra, which means the power centers. The power centers are always with the devotee of the Lord. Never underestimate the power of the devotee. Understood? So the <laughs> devotee is the person who has all the powers of the Lord. The Lord in turn has given it to them. So whatever that they think of, whatever that they wish to, is fulfilled. The Lord is not involved. If you recollect, Vishnu is always sleeping on the ocean of bliss. Okay, on Adishesh, he is not bothered about it. There are powers which are working right around him. Okay, and who is the greatest power that is there? His devotee. So past, present and future are known to me, Lord Shiva is saying. Sarat Kumar, Narada and the most revered Lord Brahma, Kapila, the son of Devahuti, Apantaratma, that is Lord Vyasdev, Devala, Yamraja, Asuri, Marichi and many saintly persons headed by him, as well as many others who have achieved perfection. Nonetheless, because we are covered by the illusory energy of the Lord, we cannot understand how expansive that illusory energy is. You should simply approach the Supreme Personality of Godhead to get relief. For this Sudarshan Chakra is intolerable even to us. 
Go to Lord Vishnu. He will certainly be kind enough to bestow all good fortune upon him. So, nobody in this world can do anything. Even Yamdev, if he sends his people, you know, if Hari sends his people, nobody can take away the life of that person also. You should know this. Thereafter being disappointed in taking shelter at Lord Shiva, Durvasamani went to Vaikuntadham. Where the Supreme Personality of Godhead resides with his consort, the Goddess of Fortune. Durvasamuni, the great mystic, scorched by the heat of the Lord Sudarshan Chakra, fell at the lotus feet of Narayana. His body trembling, he spoke as follows, O infallible, unlimitable Lord, protector of the entire universe, you are the only desirable object of all the devotees. I am a great offender, my Lord. Please give me protection. O my Lord, O Supreme Controller, without knowledge of your unlimited prowess, I have offended your dearest devotee. Very kindly save me from the reaction of this offence. You can do everything, for even if the person is fit for going to hell, you can deliver him simply by awakening within the heart the holy name of your Lordship. We say in Marathi, you know, we have to say, Dev Tari Telakon Mari. That means when God wants to save, who can save? Who can uh, kill another person? The Supreme Personality of Godhead said to the Brahmana, I am completely under the control of my devotee. The Lord is saying these words. <laughs> he is saying the words that, see, I am not concerned. Tataravaka volume. Indeed, I am not at all independent because my devotees are completely devoid of material nature, of material desires. I sit only within the cores of their heart. What to speak of my devotee? Even those who are devotees of my devotees are very dear to me. Those who are devotee of my devotee, they are also very dear to me. Whoever is a devotee of the Lord, the Lord bows down to him. And the devotee is devotee also. So the Lord is always at the feet of his devotee. You should know this. O best of the Brahmanas, without saintly persons from whom I am the only destination, I do not desire to enjoy my transcendental bliss and my supreme opulence. Since pure devotees give up their homes, wives, children, relatives, riches and even their lives simply to serve me without any desire for material improvement in their life or the next, how can I give up such devotee at any time? So those who give up their entire life for the Lord, the Lord is willing to sacrifice his life for them. That means he is always at their seva, service. As chaste women bring their gentle husbands under control by service, the pure devotee, who are equal to everyone and completely unattached to me in the core of the heart, bring me under their fullest control. So the Lord is telling him, See, I am under the control of Amrisha. I, I cannot help it. My devotee are always satisfied to be engaged in my loving service. I am not interested even in the four principles of liberation. Salokya, Sarupya, Samipya and Sarishti Although they are automatically achieved by their service What then is to be said of such perishable happiness as elevation to the higher planetary systems? And what do my devotees desire? They are not bothered about liberation They are not bothered about getting money They are not bothered about anything Material goods and so on and so forth They are basically always doing service to me and because they are doing service to me, I am always devoted to them. I am become their devotee. I am the devotee's devotee. 
the pure devotee is always within the core of my heart and I am always in the, the core of the pure devotee's heart my devotees do not know anything else but me and I do not know anything but them O Brahmana let me now advise you of your protection please hear from me by offending Maharaj Ambrisha you have acted with self envy therefore you should go to him immediately without a moment's delay one so called prowess which employs against the devotee certainly harms he who employs it thus it is a subject not the object who is harmed so anybody any devotee okay who does something see anybody who does anything against the devotee he cannot be harmed that thing is going to reverse back on him always remember it reverses back on the person so suppose if you say you know let that person go to hell you will go to hell so so kindly mark your words before you say anything don't say anything bad it is not right for a brahmana austerity and ruling are certainly auspicious and by the way we are talking about the third portion of the divine lord that is durvasa muni durvasa muni is not a joke i told you he is the third part of my guru also a portion of shivji and here the divine lord is telling a devotee only he is not telling somebody else he is telling him only don't talk bullshit and nonsense to my devotee because it is going to rebound on you for a brahmana austerity and learning are certainly auspicious but when acquired by a person who is not gentle such austerity and learnings are most dangerous the only thing which you should understand any knowledge that is given to you that knowledge has to be used with gentleness do not try to show your ego or anger or you know those kind of reactions anything that is done in anger anything that is done with destructive capabilities is going to rebound on the same person who is talking about it who is doing it that means any words that are coming out from an angered person is going to rebound on that person so for a brahmana as naturally the one who is this kind of a person austerity and learning are certainly auspicious they are very very auspicious austerity and learning austerity means the beautiful nature that every person has you have to be austere in this one and learning knowledge which comes to you they are very auspicious when acquired by a person who is not gentle suppose it is acquired by a person who is not gentle who is very angry who is very destructive in nature such austerity and learnings are most dangerous oh breast of brahmanas you should therefore go immediately to king angamrisha the son of maharajna bhaga i will i wish you all the good fortune if you can satisfy maharaj amrisha then there will be peace for you so only answer to this problem is go to that person that is maharaj amrish and maharaj amrish will be in a better position to save you nobody in this world can save you including the lord himself got it so we have come to the end of this chapter so tomorrow we will do the next one we can stop over here